0: music, art, and black culture. You are listening to Blacks with Blues. Welcome back to the conversation that is Black Queerness in Mass Media and Society, part three. I'm your host, Justin Jones, and you are listening to none other than Blacks with Blues, In this session, I and Avante have a seat at the table of discussion while delving into the past and present of Black queerness, so stay tuned and enjoy. So, uh, you you what's the name of the film you saw? Brother Outsider. Brother Outsider, and that's about Bayard Rustin. Now, um, I first heard about Bayard Rustin maybe like three years ago, and I forgot who it was from. But basically, all they said was it was basically the gay version of Martin Luther King. And I'm like, <laughs> and they're like, well, <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, this guy did. A lot of things that were as relevant As Martin Luther King And he was very uh, instrumental In the civil rights time period But he didn't get a lot of Recognition because of his sexual orientation And I was like oh what's his name And they were like Bayard Rustin So for those who do not know uh, Please uh, give me a little Backstory to who Bayard Rustin All right. is
1: Right okay so um Bayard Rustin was a uh, social organizer, activist, leader, and singer as well. Um, He actually went to school for singing. Um, But he really enjoyed uh, organizing and leading folks of color. Um, This was during the civil rights movement. Um, He was queer, so he was shunned and kicked out of organizations like the NAACP and uh, organizations like it and shunned by other civil rights leaders, Um, he actually organized the March on Washington. So without him, that march would have never happened, and we would have never heard I have a dream. Um, He also organized a whole bunch of other things. He was very influential in um, the civil rights movement, but because of his sexuality... You don't really hear about him Um, He was very controversial Um, At this point in his life Or at this point in uh, America Homosexuality Was against the law Um, And he had been caught having sex like once or twice He got arrested for that For having sex in public with a man And and, uh, um, participating In in, the lewd acts
0: um, Homosexual acts um, To be specific You know what? Legitimately, I'm going to stop you right there, but I completely forgot. I, I may have not even known. Yeah, I have no shame in saying this. So I don't think I ever really knew that homosexuality was a Yes. L- I think. Yes. I, I did not know this.
1: Yes. Um, Actually, in the movie that um, you told me about, uh, Brother to Brother,
0: that scene where the cop... Yeah, we'll talk about that soon.
1: Is uh, in the restroom. Oh yeah, that's what that was.
0: Yeah, they would. That's that's some fuck shit. But we'll talk about
1: that. Um, So yes, so homosexuality was against the law. He had been arrested a few times. Um, He also participated in, I want to say, the um, the Freedom Riders, or he participated in something before the Freedom Riders that was like a prelude to the Freedom Riders. Um, But yeah, he was openly gay. He was not at all in the closet about this. very outspoken about it and this made his life as an activist and a black man even harder um so yeah that's a little bit a little spiel about bayard rustin um the documentary is called brother outsider it is a beautiful documentary about his life um and about you know his struggles and what he went through and um yeah very very beautiful um
0: and so what did you have to say about the film? Because I know you really wanted me to see it and I will see it someday. I just didn't get the chance to see it before we <laughs> recorded today.
1: Uh, what should I have to say about it? It was, it, I guess, I guess, it, because I, I, I kind of want everyone to see this film. I want everyone listening to see this film because I think it is an essential, it's a must if you are black and queer. Um, especially if you're thinking about um, activism or political social justice um, because it's just it's it's a must like looking at this man's life seeing how um, he was stopped but he refused to be stopped um, this is the man that influenced Martin Luther King's non-violence um, approach um, oh,
2: wow.
1: you know this man is he, he was just an amazing charismatic person um, You know, he's he's no longer with us. He died in 1987 at the age of 75. And so he was a lot older than King. (laughs) Um, Um he was a lot older than King. He was old enough to be King's like father. Um and I just think that even speaks to like how much of a great leader he was because he hung like he he had been doing social justice work when King was in diapers and just continued to do it forever.
0: The king before the king.
1: Right. But no one knows about <laughs> him, right? And this yeah. is and this is the craziness. And that's not to say that King, what King did wasn't good. And and let's not get it twisted. King was act King was friends with this man. King did not shame him. Um, actually. Mm-hmm. King did not have a problem with Rustin. But um the people that surrounded King in these movements did. So King had to pull back. King was doing what he had to mm-hmm. do because king knew that he was the face of this movement at the time um so that's no shade to king you know but um bayard was was a a hell of a guy and i I just think everybody should watch it because it's just a beautiful film beautiful documentary rather um just, just just a really nice piece of art really nice piece of work um his life was very complex he was a complex individual um And it inspired me a lot um, just to see how he became who he was. And towards the end of his career, he started fighting for LGBT equality um, or the end of his life. Rather, he started fighting for LGBT equality, um, but he passed. Um, And that's kind of where the documentary leaves you at, even though it doesn't say that he fought for it. I've done research, so I know he did. Um, So, yeah very uh great man and uh, that's kind of all i have to say about him I'm just a great man
0: yeah i'll definitely check it out like i said, like you said everybody listening please check it out because that's like a especially if you're a black queer person and you're listening to this because you're black and queer which if you are thank you so much but you know Thanks. um that's that's a part of our history which black queer history really is rarely ever taught definitely i I can probably say not even at all taught within the school system so to be able to see that type of figure within history for us that's amazing um another some other figures in history seeing that this is black history month um uh did you see brother to brother
1: yes i saw brother to brother
0: i i i feel whole now i'm so glad you saw it so Brother to brother is pop, brother to brother is no question, no question. My favorite film of all time. This came out in 2004. Um, I don't care about the quality of this film. I don't care about the the fact that I had to pay 2.99 to see it on YouTube. It was absolutely amazing, and this is possibly one of the first films that I've ever watched that actually, it didn't put me in tears or anything, but it just made me feel so damn good. And uh, for those who haven't seen it, it's about a black queer artist in New York. Um, I'm guessing it's around like the early 2000s scene that it came out in 2004. Time period really isn't specified, but uh, it doesn't focus on 9-11 or anything like that. So it's, it's more about... The life of this black queer artist who lives in New York and he works at a homeless shelter. Now, let me get my names together. Um, do you remember the names of the
1: uh just
0: Black Excellence that was portrayed in the film? I'll, I'll look up the cast right now. Uh, yeah, but, yeah um, I don't
1: I don't recall. I mean, I do remember they talked about Zura Neil Hur- Hurston, uh uh yeah. Hughes, um yeah. Wallace. Got Thurman. it, I got it. Here it is.
0: Um Yep.
1: Go ahead. I don't because there's one more guy. I don't know and his so, name.
0: And so, Bruce Nungent. Yes, Bruce Nungent. So, um, <laughs> so basically, uh, the young queer male in New York who works at the homeless shelter. He meets Bruce Nungent and Nungent. I think that's how you pronounce it, actually. And um, obviously, he's homeless. That's why he's there in the shelter. Wait, pause. And the young queer male.
1: I just looked up Bruce Nungeon he died the same year Bayard Rustin died that's a really random fact but that's really interesting continue
0: they're both like queer yes speaks yes so, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's interesting um so yeah Bruce Nungeon he's there in the homeless shelter because he's homeless and um basically the young queer uh actor who's actually played by Anthony Mackie I don't know if you know the actor Anthony Mackie but he's had uh, like amazing parts and like really great. He was films.
1: also Tupac in Notorious.
0: He he was so, <laughs> so you know there's something. There. He's he's a great actor. This is true. He's very very dynamic. I love him. But um he plays the young uh the young uh queer black male. His name is Perry. I'm just referring to him as Perry for now. On. It's so tiring saying young black queer male over yeah, and
1: over it's again. A long so Perry.
0: <laughs> Perry, because he's a lot more than his sexuality and race. Perry is an artist, and so he meets Bruce Nungeon. I said that a billion times by now. And so they they uh, have this relationship, not like a romantic relationship, even though they like flirt a little bit. It's cute, but it's not like that. Uh, Perry is very interested in how somebody like Bruce could become, you know, homeless after being such an amazing figure during the Harlem Renaissance. Now, uh, Bruce was close friends with Langston Hughes, Zora Neale Hurston, Wallace Thurman. Now, I didn't know anything about Wallace Thurman until I uh, saw this movie, but he was a writer just like Bruce, and they were both queer, and they wrote about uh, prostitution and just Black queer life during the Harlem Renaissance time period. Now, what really touched me about this film was the fact that Zora Neale Hurston, Langston Hughes, Bruce, and Wallace, um, and a couple other artists, I think all lived in the same little, like, townhouse slash house together in New York. And the name of the house was, uh, they coined the term, yeah, Niggerati, uh Manor. And I thought that was just amazing. It, like, inspired me so, so much. Because it was, when I heard him say Niggurati Manor, it reminded me so much of, like, the when I was trying to come up with the name Blacks with Blues. And I was like, yo, I'm like, this is a, like the og of Black sw- yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is because essentially all it really was was all these black artists coming together to tell a story they came out with a magazine called fire um i posted it on instagram a, a, a scene that was really important to me they were all writers oh i can't leave out another artist i hate how this always happens uh, artist always gets left out um i do not see his name in the cast uh list because he didn't play a really huge part but he is still very important. Uh he was a black male. I'm not sure if he was queer, but he was an artist and he uh was the on- I think the only visual artist in the house and he designed the cover what of was his the name? magazine, which is I, I do not know. I'm I feel so bad. Um his name is said on that video I posted on Instagram. So yeah. Um, (laughs) but he designed the cover and there was this scene where they were all sitting around after having put the magazine out for the, the public and they were reading reviews. And Zora Neale Hurston came out and said, I don't give a, well, she didn't say this, but she's like, I don't give a damn about the critics opinion of my work. I don't make it for them. And I was like, yes, yes 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 freaking yes zora like that's that's what i believe in and so they were like well let's start read start reading the critics uh you know perspective so they were reading and long story short um actually you know i will i won't i i I was gonna say i was gonna play the clip but i don't think i can if i can i will but if i can't then i'll just explain it so what happened in that scene (laughs) was that uh wally thurman was reading the the critique and he basically said that uh langston hughes he went on to use a lot of words in his poems to say absolutely nothing and he reached no one he said that zora neale hurston was speaking in southern slang that nobody could really understand and nobody really cared to understand and she was making a mockery of her like ancestry and her roots or something like that uh, the critic also said that Bruce and, and Wally both, ch- by choosing to write about prostitution and homosexuality, was bringing the black community down to such a dirty place that it could never be lifted up from. And afterwards they were also like quiet because he basically said, I just threw the copy of Fire magazine into the fire. And um, Bruce started laughing He just, like, died laughing. And, you know, and it just reassured (laughs) to me that, like, as the black artist, even if the public does not care about what you have to say or they shun what you have to say or they think what you have to say is politically incorrect or just wrong at the end of the day, you're still so valid. It's so valid. These artists in the freaking Harlem Renaissance time period, if you don't see the similarities between us and them then i don't know i really can't tell you anything else but to watch this film because when i watched this film all i saw was myself and my artistic black friends and wanting just wanting to create Mm -hmm. i mean the reason behind all this the reason why i'm even talking to you right now in the form of a podcast is because i want to gather people to share dialogue and create these topics and talk and it was just so inspiring because they had something to say but nobody gave a damn and if they did give a damn it was because they hated what they had to say and i know um Alyssa, which you'll hear in the next episode Alyssa, my uh co-star i love her um she who i created blacks with blues with she was on our twitter if you haven't followed our twitter yet it's blacks with, blacks with blues at twitter.com um she tweeted on our account like a couple of days ago this long rant about how um important it is to create in times of turmoil especially as a black artist and i'll read a couple of like really amazing tweets that she tweeted because it reminds me of this film um the one that really stood out to me was even when it's taxing and bleak the art you make matters you matter and as artists of color that's radical and revolutionary and when i read that it just spoke to me so much because it's it's saying even our existence as black people and creating as artists is revolutionary Mm. and radical because that's that's that can't exist in some places people don't want that to exist in some places and it's disgusting but it's true and you know i i might like many artists i've been having trouble like creating and just expressing myself ever since the election to be honest, ever since like something fell off inside of me and broke in the middle part of 2016, mm-hmm. but I'm getting to a place where, and I wanna share this with everybody who's an artist, I'm getting to a place where I'm starting to create again from my experience. I'm starting to create from the fact that something happened to me in 2016, or even before that, that made me not okay today. And to create from that lack of inspiration is still, valid if you don't have the inspiration to create something think about why you don't have the inspiration what's hindering you from creating are you hindering yourself is the society the culture the country is it hindering you create from that experience and make sure you tell your story one of my favorite poets jessica caramore she's from detroit absolutely amazing poet one of my favorite poets of all time she has a poem slash song and uh I forget which one it is, but the li- the line is, know your truth, Black girl. Don't sing that tune too loud. Scream it. And every single time I think about artists telling their stories, I always think about that line. Because know your voice. Mm-hmm. Don't speak powerful. your truth. Scream it. And I just, I, I always get so passionate when I think about things like this because back there it was probably a year ago almost around today that i came to Alyssa with the idea for this podcast and uh just us both being black artists who really didn't feel like we had a voice and and in, in the world and just in our community it was amazing for us to just come up with something like this and now that it's actually being executed it means a lot to me so yeah that's it's it's lit but um yeah if you haven't seen brother to brother please go and see it you can uh the only way you can see it that i know of is if you go to youtube brother to brother and you pay a small fee of 2.99 or um I'm, i don't
1: you can go to a uh, snagfilms.com and you can watch it for free
0: is it on there did you really do that oh,
1: yes i did <laughs> it's not an illegal website yeah, either no, it's no, like it's a streaming
0: Oh yeah, sweet I, well, didn't, right. I gave money Yeah it's cool Rarely do I spend money on films Right so this I is your
1: favorite so it's okay But the name of that artist <laughs> that you universe were talking Tell about me. His name is Aaron Douglas
0: Aaron Douglas yeah. Yes We do not need to leave out our people He I just thought it was amazing Because For, for all of those different aspects of art and Black artistry, and then Black queer artistry to come together and create something was just so amazing to me. And, you know, we're millennials and we live in the day and age where this podcast, you know, it's, there's more podcasts out there. I'm not gonna say that there's more podcasts sitting here talking about what we're talking about and doing what we're doing, but the form of a podcast isn't super special to us anymore because we've become socialized to just oh this is me this is here Mm -hmm. it's whatever but for me you know just being an artist in general for me to even create this it means a lot to me and it reminds me of those fire days where langston hughes and all them were like gathered together creating i always like tell people when i go on my rants about nina simone but i won't this time (laughs) because that's for another episode um nina simone made this made two songs very relevant songs backlash blues and to be young gifted in black now to be young gifted in black was a play written by lorraine hansberry uh backlash blues was a poem written by langston hughes she went to turn both of these pieces of work into songs now today we do that uh, Erica Badu with hotline bling and you can't use my phone album. she did that basically off of Drake's you know t- uh, hotline bling but there's something so amazing in that when we play off of each other's play off of each other's voices without necessarily stealing the vibrancy within it. I think that's really important because she took a play about being young, gifted and black and made an anthem about being young, gifted Mm -hmm. and black. She took a poem about having backlash from the blues of living in a society that was just immoral, corrupt and racist and made a song about it. That's just amazing to me. And if we gather as artists, especially black artists, which is just so radical and special in itself, if we gather and create with each other and play off of each other and use our voices to just tell a collective narrative to explain what it's like to be us, then I, I, I don't really see where we could go wrong in that. I don't really see how we can't make history within doing that. And uh, that's basically when I begin every episode by saying music, art, and black culture and black voices here to tell a collective narrative. That's my small little affirmation to myself that what I'm doing here matters, you know. And uh, yeah, so I'm done being super passionate. That's my passion burst for the episode. But (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, the only person that we have not talked about when it comes to like black history and like standing up for queerness is... uh, i keep wanting to say stokely carmichael stokely carmichael was not queer he was black but he was married to miriam makeba anyways what's his name
1: james baldwin
0: james baldwin now for those of you who are like probably looking at me like uh you don't know who james baldwin is look i got a certain type of education in a certain type of schooling district that did not teach me a lot about blackness until i graduated so no i did not ever learn anything about james baldwin and when i graduated and i learned that he was you know like a writer and like a black revolutionary then later on i found out he was he was queer um yeah i just i knew he existed but i don't really know much about him i don't think you do you don't know anything or not anything but much about him either do you i know he
1: was black and queer and he was um a revolutionary that um he left the the united states because he was um a bit of an outcast and, and um he was you know and i guess it's like the same with all of these uh black queer um historical figures is that um they um they felt like outsiders even in the black community um and his response to that was i'm getting the fuck out of the country there fuck this shit they don't want me i'm gone um, and there was an excerpt from the movie Brother to Brother where they um, have this clip of someone portraying James Baldwin and they say, um, you know, white people, he says uh, white people um, despising me. You know, I'm used to that. But black people, that makes me want to cry. Um,
0: oh, yeah. I heard. I feel like that was in Brother to Brother. Too. I just said that Brother to Brother. <laughs> Oh, I thought you said no, the uh, the other no, no, one.
1: Okay. No, no, no. no. Yeah, so.
0: yeah, I love that scene. And then the guy interviewing him got so militant and was like, I don't like you because you let the white man in fuck you in the ass. And I'm like, yo. Yeah. I was like, chill. I'm like, come on. <laughs> And then he's like, that makes you the lowest low of the earth. And I'm like, you know that just speaks so much so many volumes to black masculinity and just homophobia Mm. and so many things but i think the most powerful thing in that interview was when he said when black people judge me that hurts me and makes me want to cry makes me want to cry yeah and uh, as you know, I like just moved to Vegas like five months ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm almost at the end of my five to six month sentence. <laughs> but when I first moved here, you know, I was full of hope. I was excited. You know, it was a new chapter in my life. And I'm still grateful for the experience I had no matter what happened. But, you know, I got here. Like I said, I started my job at Starbucks, a predominantly white area. Um, and being the one black person, it reminded me. Of those films where the alien is sent to Earth and all of humanity, sh- all of humanity shuns him and you know tries to kill him, or the one robot who who gains a sense of empathy and humanity and love, even though that's unheard of, but humanity shuns him and tries to destroy him. Erika Badu even talks about this like uh, dynamic of groupthink in her video window seat. A lot of people couldn't see past her stripping down and and walking naked, but the amazing part to that video was the more she shed, you know, her clothes, she had things written on her skin, like evolving and growth. And the more she shed her skin. The more truth she was revealing about herself, the more she was coming into herself. She was being herself, being unapologetic about that. But if you've seen the video at the end, she is at the JFK assassination spot, mm-hmm. and someone, you know, shoots her in the head and she's assassinated. And I forget what sociologist it was that termed the uh, or coined the term groupthink, but that's basically uh, what she was playing on how we are quick to assassinate individuals when they, they leave the group. We tend to assassinate them because we don't understand them. And it's easier to move and hate in groups, but it's not, it's not easy to just be alone and be different. And when you said that about James Baldwin, that made me think about the whole group think mentality of just the black rights uh, movement because it was in a sense it was like a big group think group think type of thing when it came to homosexuality or not homosexuality but homophobia within the black liberation movement you were fighting for black rights but you were you fighting for all black liberation you know how people say all black lives matter are you just doing it for black lives <laughs> or are you doing it because all of the black lives mm-hmm. matter and so yeah that just made me think about that but uh yeah i don't know a lot about james Baldwin. so if you guys are listening and you know something about james hit Baldwin, us up feel free to help yeah feel free to tweet us at blacksmith blues or go to our facebook and spam us any <laughs> any form of outreach would literally make me overjoyed i love it when people actually respond to these things so uh but yeah um aside from like people who i don't want to say started the black queer liberation movement because who knows where it even started there could there could be some undocumented individual who was a slave who like woke up one morning and was like you know what i'm a slave and i'm queer (laughs) (laughs) you know but he never got to tell a story so i'm not i don't know where it started but um i know where we are now and we live in a day and age where we have people like frank ocean we have uh don lemon who uh i'm not going to get too political about don lemon because a lot of people called him a coon for i, f- I forget for what reason but we have hmm. black voices within the queer community who uh we got sid from the internet we have who else do we have we have
1: uh, laverne cox uh the, the trans oh, uh actor actress from Orange is the New Black. We have Amia Scott, the uh, trans actress who's in Star. Jesse Smollett, who is in um, Fox's Empire. Uh, Raven Simone, who is on The View.
0: Um, Mm -hmm. Even though people hate Raven.
1: (laughs) I love Raven. Um...
0: People hate Raven. She got such a bad rep in like was it 2016?
1: 2014, 2015. From, like it's died down to be honest. But I love Raven. So she she will is, always be loves. Raven Baxter from That's a Raven to
0: me. So she will And she will always even if be she Gabriella. She is from every continent in Africa.
1: <laughs> Look, we we can forgive her for that. Okay? For that we can forgive. Because yeah,
0: um, there's still some of y'all out here who thinks... Uh, it's just Egypt. Continents within, so.
1: No, some of y'all yeah, just think y'all it's really, just Egypt.
2: <sighs> <sighs>
0: that's that's another conversation how everybody who's like this fake deep... That's You know, that's something to talk about within this black masculinity, like black power movement where everybody on like these social media platforms want to claim Egypt. But in actuality, like we probably most of us, I'm not gonna speak to your heredity or mine, because I don't know mine because of this little thing called uh, the sla- slavery. The Atlantic Slavery. I'm pretty slavery. sure you don't either. Mm-hmm. But a lot of us were not pulled from Egypt. A lot of it came from West Africa. And we like sensationalized this like, oh, we were all African kings and queens
1: not all nah, of us was African bro. kings and queens it was 54 countries what
0: you talking about why why do we forget that some of us owned our own people that's a that's a topic for another time but right? okay don't ever so, forget wait. that you you owned your own wait, people wait but see here's the <laughs>
1: thing about that right so when anybody says that the thing is is that yes black um africans did on africans but the thing was is that africa has 44 54 countries and these were you know countries that may have fought against each other so it wasn't like they owned them like they were their own slaves they were prisoners of war in most cases Mm -hmm. like greece and rome see
0: here it yeah see when it came to america's slavery it was from a place of not just slavery it was, it was like it grew from slavery into or it grew from racism into slavery and just it's a lot of disgusting shit but um yeah I, what were we, we
1: about, were talking about uh queer uh people in today's media. yeah
0: so like frank ocean uh i know you wanted to talk a little bit about empire and jesse smollett especially uh lavan cox and uh so yeah i don't know like a lot about them i do know that uh we both like the movie The Skinny, which is on Netflix, if you want to see yes. it. Um, it's a film about uh, a group of black queer people. Um, one uh, actor is a black uh, or portrays a black queer uh, woman. Um, and they are in, is it New York? I, I yes, think New so. York. Yep, they're in New York for Gay Pride Weekend. Ah. And uh, it's it's kind of a love story, kind of a... Uh, things. I don't really know how to fully describe it. It's very sex positive, the movie. Uh, it dabbles a little bit in uh, c- coming of age, but you know, like that late coming of age, like when you're in your late 20s and you have to like reevaluate your whole life because for whatever reason, I'm not 20. <laughs> I'm not even in my late 20s yet so <laughs> Not
1: even in your 20s So it's I, like uh.
0: I'm not So But you know It's portrayed so much in culture So of course I feel like I'm 30 by now But anyways It's a really good film uh, But yeah Jesse Smollett uh, You want to speak about these people so.
1: Right uh, Ooh, Well okay yes. So uh, I guess I want to start with Frank Ocean And I want to work my way mm-hmm. Into everything else um, So Frank Ocean
0: We feel two different ways About Frank Ocean Right we
1: do At the moment Now Frank Ocean um, For those who don't know Is a uh, R&B singer Um, He wrote a Open letter In 2012 I believe um, um, Affirming That he liked Men um, Coming out To the world And so until I'm not gonna say until then, but for the most part, he he was one of the first mainstream black R&B singers. Um, and still, after that had success, um, some people may even attribute his success to him coming out, which I don't want to talk about, but. Um, <laughs> Because I think he's talented, so I don't think that him -hmm. him liking men has anything to do with his success. Yeah,
0: that doesn't ride on his success.
1: But, um, yes. Uh, So, Frank Ocean. Um, Now, I love Frank Ocean. Justin does not. Um, But, at the moment, I have my reservations about Frank Ocean because I didn't really care so much for this album. I did love Channel Orange, and I did love nostalgia, nostalgia Ultra. I didn't love this album. I actually I didn't like Blonde. I liked um, Endless. *Endless*. I liked the beginning of *Blonde*. I like half of *Blonde*, but it gets really slow and sad. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Why? And I think Frank Ocean tries to be really deep but i feel like he speaks metaphorically very metaphorically and it's not mm-hmm. metaphors that you and i can grasp be grasp because we don't know what he's talking about
0: yeah we have to like be in that frank ocean frame of mind where like we adore very old models of cars and like <laughs> obscure i don't know we American like, I, I don't know like we,
1: we, I, I don't know like i don't know like i guess sometimes you just want to listen to music and not think so much.
0: That you can understand. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's not that I don't like, or I, it's not even I dislike Frank Ocean. It's, <laughs> I wrote something a long time ago, and I don't even know why I wrote it, but after I wrote it, I was thinking a lot deeper about it, but I uh, I wrote something to the uh, effect of Frank Ocean, uh, what was it, like, five black men at my doorstep frank ocean made me not want to be myself anymore or something like that and (laughs) i don't know like i said i don't know why i was writing that it was late at night and i was just like playing with stuff but um uh, it's a i feel like it has as i start to think about it i felt like it had a lot to do with this idea that frank ocean is a part of my generation and he also in a way to some people speaks for me mm-hmm. when you watch these interviews when these people that we adore are in interviews whether it be Beyonce even though Beyonce don't, nah, she, don't but, talk. Um, yeah, <laughs> she don't talk I don't know why I said that uh, what, you know, whether it be somebody like Mahershala to Issa Rae to Donna Glover to anybody who you love When the interviewer, nine times out of 10, who is white, says, says uh, something like, you know, what were you thinking when you did this? And how did you think it would speak to the community that you're speaking for? And see, as an artist who loves other artists, no one speaks for me. And even if I wasn't an artist, I feel like I would still be so concrete in my position as a human that I would never want anybody else to speak for me. And in media, I feel like these interviewers confuse the fact that artists are creating from themselves Mm -hmm. first, but make no mistake, empathy and relating with somebody is an actual thing. And they confuse, you know, relatability with, oh, no, I'm just speaking for this generation. No, you know, like, Solange don't speak for me when she say, don't touch my hair. I can empathize with that. Like, please don't fucking touch my hair. But... You know, Solange isn't the isn't the voice of hair politics. Right. You know, uh, uh, you know Donald Glover isn't the voice of awkward Black millennials who are like just good at a lot of different things. You know, Issa Rae is. Not the voice for every black female out here on her grind. Beyonce is not the voice for every black female who feels flawless. It's it's that's right. not the it's way like it they're, works. Right. It's like they're
1: they're they're not the voice for us. Um, they mm-hmm. tell a story that is relatable to us. We relate to the story. They tell a story that is a part of the bigger collective of black folk. But they aren't mm-hmm. the voice of black folks because we have our own voices. Because. Because there is no voice for black people. Just like there is no voice for white people. Mm-hmm. There isn't.
0: It's just what we, we put into the world. Right. As, like, many different right. people. And so I guess my beef with Frank Ocean was that people people made me feel like, oh, this is your voice, but it's not by you, but it's for you. And I'm like, uh, So no,
1: your beef with you Frank know, Ocean um, was, was <laughs> not him. It was other people.
0: Yeah, and... It, and, you know, like like I said, I, it's not that I, I even dislike Frank Ocean. Uh, I have nothing against him. I don't, like, love him because it's, it's kind of like, I, the same way I feel about Moonlight is the same way I feel <laughs> about Frank
1: Ocean. That's deep. Okay.
0: People are trying to force feed him to me and tell me that it's, like, by me and for me, but it's not. My name is Justin Jones, and I was born <laughs> in with. Detroit, Michigan. Around Dexter and Frank Ocean was not born there. I know you want to speak a little bit about, uh, uh, like, how we make a comic relief okay. out of trans
1: people. All right, so um, I was like in the shower, or I don't know, doing something, and I thought about this, and the and the thought was was that, uh, you know, trans people, drag queens, cross dressers are often you know thrown to the wayside just like mm, they don't exist they're untouchable blah 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 but what's very interesting is that they're made out to be this comic relief um in the form of of you know comedy sketches um and that's made even more so apparent through like things like YouTube and Vine or what was Vine um like for instance uh Jamie Foxx uh, had a skit on In Living Color for years about this woman named Wanda, I believe. Um, Martin Lawrence with uh, on the on the show Martin, he had a neighbor named Shanene. And, you know, both of these characters are him dressed... Or both of these characters are these men dressed up in drag, um, mocking black women, ghetto black women, but also mocking, mm-hmm. like, queerness um and, and so that's very interesting um and mm-hmm. then um uh, was, uh the the comedian uh, eddie murphy he um, had the whole norbit thing and he's had a lot mm-hmm. of roles where he's done that um and you know then we have people like trey melvin who is queer uh joanne this Prada or the scammer Brandon
0: Joanne the scammer don't get it twisted I'm sorry.
1: Well, her, well her her <laughs> well their original name was Joanne Prada if oh, if really? you didn't follow her I, I always followed her before she blew Shadows up to you. right so I'm a big fan um but her original name was Joanne Prada she made really funny videos on YouTube she was trying to become YouTube famous um that didn't really work out for her but somehow she found silas in this she scammed, her, she way scammed her way into uh in instagram uh, uh fame <laughs> um, i didn't know what word i was gonna say um so um who you know and joanne uh, or brandon is, is queer as well um mm-hmm. you know and, and then there are a, a, t- a plethora of uh, black men on the interwebs who do this gag do this thing um Mm -hmm. but yeah so it's it's just like this very interesting thing um and i don't necessarily know how to feel about it um i know that it's that in some in some way or another um I'm happy that these people get some sort of representation, but is it the right representation is the question. Um, mm-hmm. That's and true. I know that it That's is true. just comedic. It is just a relief. Um, but why is it that these people can be looked at as com- comedic go, but not as people? mm. And that's and that's the bigger question here, and that's the bigger problem that I see. And not to say that these people who are doing it are wrong, it, I mean, because obviously people have been doing it for so long, it's been made acceptable, yeah. it's been made accessible. Um,
0: yeah. But your question is, you know, if we can have a Joanne, the scammer, who is a comedic relief, or if we can have, you know, uh, Shonene or uh, who, uh, Wanda on these, you know, shows and these platforms, why can't we have? Why can't we have a Shonene? Who's just a trans woman You know Who doesn't have to be The comedic relief Where's Where's you know Where's the humaneness In it uh, honestly
1: Like the humanity
0: There you go And How do we humanize Shanae Exactly (laughs) And I think
1: um, And I think You know That there are Trans women um, Who You know Represent Who represent Who are their own Who are their own people In in media Like Laverne Cox Like Amaya Scott From um, Star Who was Instagram famous and who is now on primetime television on Fox, you know. So kudos to her, and she's playing a trans woman. Um, so kudos to her and Laverne Cox, who just starred in um, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, um, which oh, is a pretty famous um, show yeah. about trans transism, transsexualism. So that's pretty awesome, um, and that's and that's great. I just think there needs to be more of it. Um, and because these are voices that are not heard often, um, mm-hmm. and then on the on the other hand of that, or wait, hold on. Before I go to that point, um, and then like on the drag queen side, um, we have people like RuPaul, um, and things like that, um, which I love, and so I, I guess I'm happy because that's a positive note. Because I think RuPaul's Drag Race is one of the uh, longest running shows on Bravo, so. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool, you know, to see him thriving, to see him striving and pushing forward. Um, so that's cool. Um, but then also, when I think about trans women and trans men, I think specifically about the hate crimes that have been performed against them recently, and like, and, and I, and I don't, I don't know, it that that. It's just, it's puzzling and it's scary to think about it Because I have friends who are trans women, black trans women And that's just scary It's scary to think about, you know, how how hated these people can be And, 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 and I guess for, for the person that I'm thinking about at the moment You know, she can sit in a room and no one would know mm-hmm. But that's not the case for everyone
0: because people are still making those transitions I follow this one uh, person on Instagram I actually just started following them because they made a post and it was like suggested to me and uh, they were getting ready to uh, make their transition get their chest surgery Bambi. and that really excited me uh, let me see they literally just like put something up so uh, they're like lighter skin Bambi
1: she's from uh, Michigan
0: oh yeah i was gonna try to holler yeah just got the surgery done (laughs) and i was always so like okay the first time i ever met a trans person i didn't even know they were trans like many people and they were my uh superior at work um not here in vegas but back home in michigan and his name was michael and i never really liked michael because he was like <laughs> i don't know i just didn't like him because he was like a little bit mean to people and was like why are you being so mean like chill out but um it was one day when like i got an email and it was like hey do you know michael on this social media platform and i think it was either instagram or facebook or something and i went and i was like okay i think i do let me see and he was on there and he was talking about his surgery coming up and i knew he announced at work that he was going to go away for a month to recover from surgery but i was like i don't know what your surgery is about so it doesn't really concern me i don't want to be all up in your business and then i found out because before then i didn't really even internalize the fact that trans people have to go through a state of recovery and they have to go from point a to point i finally you know like the body i'm in and so uh that was i that was the first time i ever like came face to face with that that i'm not even gonna call it an issue because i i mean i can't really speak on this like it's my identity but the way i would like to think of it positively for trans people i'm trying to word this as carefully as possible so i don't sound like a hypocrite or something but um it, it's like a it's a it's definitely a transition hence the word trans but it's it reminds me of uh almost like a a unveiling or like a a chrysalis hatching or something like that you have to go through this surgery to finally be in the body that you always knew you were meant to be in and it's something very symbolic and very emotional emotional in that because when i followed uh bambi you said right Mm -hmm. yeah so when i followed her excuse me him i uh her them let's just say them her them so her them them um yeah because i remember reading the pronouns a long time ago but i forgot and then my brain did that thing where it socializes me to say something anyways so uh yeah when i followed them her she uh she was talking about the surgery and I was like wow I was like this is legit like the second time I've ever seen this thing being talked about in mass media and I think this is important and really cool not to like sensationalize it I think it's like a cool part in their journey as a human anytime you are faced with something like this a transition into like someone you always wanted to be hell I'm envious of that not envious of you having to go up under the needle to get things cut off for of you so you can be who you are but envious of finally growing into the person you always wanted to be i've always dreamed about that ever since high school and that goes for anybody lgbtq plus black queer white latina asian whatever everybody wants to be the person they were meant to be at the end of the day nobody just sits there and like i'm content with this and if you are then you need to get on board because it's all about evolving and growing and i think that's one of the most admirable that's that's the word i'm looking for admirable things within the trans community is when you make that transition into what you always knew you were and what you always wanted mm. to be it's it's just like finally putting on the right pair of pants yes. you know <laughs> it's just like finally this fits that's what it is and i've i've seen her write about that i saw michael write about that when he after his surgery and i didn't even know i worked with this person and they were going through this and that's what hit me so hard and i'm like that's that's beautiful that you were like in this position where you're just unveiling yourself finally and coming into who you are. And you know, I think for all of you artists that are listening or if you're listening, I'm even gonna pose this challenge to myself. If you want inclusion, make the damn inclusion. And one thing I'm thinking about as we talk about this right now is how in love I am with coming of age stories. Coming of age stories are some of my, hell, Moonlight is a coming of age story and they speak so loudly to me because i feel like i've yet to come of age (laughs) and it's something about people who are who are in that transition becoming themselves these films speak to them obviously because it's kind of about their same journey to an extent but the combination of being trans and making that transition and coming of age at the same time i think is something to be explored within media i think that that's really really amazing i've never heard of that never seen it done before so i put it out there can you at me though if you like make something Please or (laughs) right, like if you make something, uh, please add uh, us. Let us know. Like I, I I won't like sue you. I just want to know if you do (laughs) because I didn't come up with the idea of trans people having coming of age stories too because that exists. That's real. No one's ever just done it, so do it if you want the inclusion. Do it. You know, I, I know I do. I mean, if the light bulb sparks, then I'll definitely get to writing that script, play, song so on and I've so forth I've actually written a song you know, about that but uh but yeah I can't wait to the day we actually hear that yeah line. you won't hear that I'm one for like five years five years yeah
1: that's on my project We're, about but basically, Bayard basically Rusty. uh
0: basically uh having an interview with uh, frank ocean right now <laughs> anyways i know Obviously. you wanted to uh
2: <laughs>
0: yeah you're frank ocean i know you wanted to talk a little bit about allies specifically yes. janet jackson i know the other day you called her the queerest non-queerest black woman or something like
1: yes, that. yes the queerest non-queer queerest black woman so um allies Janet Jackson um love her um I was reading an article about how she was the queerest unqueer woman I think the I don't remember who the article was by I want to say it was by Out Magazine I can't recall but what the article said was that a lot of artists a lot of entertainers celebrities will say they support gay people um but won't explicitly express it um Janet Jackson during her career explicitly expressed that she supports gay people um i don't know when she first started doing it but um there one of her biggest songs is called um together again and the song is about her losing her friend to aids her gay friend to aids um and then also on that same album which is called the velvet rope um, she has a song I love that one Entitled um, Free Zone Which lit- The lyrics are Boy meets girl um, Girl loses yeah. Boy meets girl, girl Boy loses girl Girl gets cute boy back Girl meets girl Girl loses girl Girl gets cute girl back And she just keeps, like, saying that that type of phrase, just changing the um, pronouns Mm -hmm. from boy meets boy, boy loses boy. It's 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 a really interesting song. And she just keeps saying, there's only one love, free love, love who you want to love, be free, be passionate, love without boundaries. Um, So I love her because of that. Um, And she's always been very explicit about her acceptance of queer folks, her acceptance and her Mm -hmm. love for queer folks um in her inclusion. So um that's why I love her. I think she's awesome. Um as well as, as I mentioned earlier, Prince. Um and also you know, Prince, um as well as being um uh uh, uh what's the word I'm looking for? Um as well as being androgynous androgyny? and also yeah um, okay. yeah. um ambiguous <laughs> he um in his band, The Revolution, there are two women and they were partners. And mm-hmm. a lot of his hits during the 80s were were written about one of the, one of the uh, band members' sister. Because when he met the band member, he fell in love with her um, or he really liked her. But she was like, I like girls. And he was like, oh. <laughs> but he found out she had a twin. So he was like, well, if I can't have you, I'm going to have your twin. So that was really oh, interesting. <laughs> that was really interesting, um, but he was very inclusive. Um, mm. So, you know, I
0: I don't know much about Janelle Monae's stance and the whole uh, just uh, supporting well, let me, let me tell you and queer about youth it. and everything. But let me
1: tell you about it. So, um, her song me. "Queen." I know you love her. I do. I love her so much. Her song uh, "Queen." Uh, Q-U-E-E-N uh, stands for
0: Featuring Badula right, right,
1: right, Badula right. B- B- stands for <laughs> uh, Queer Untouchables Immigrants Excommunicated and Negroids and um, the, the title what she described it as why she chose those words is because she wanted to um, talk about these groups of oppressed people in the world especially in america mm. and the song lyrics are it's full of gay slang full of gay terms like serving face throwing shade um mm-hmm. and she even talks about like being queer not to say that she is queer but she does tell in the she does say in the song things about you know um queer love and things like that and actually what's very interesting is that in on that album the electric lady there's this interlude where um uh there are like these skits uh, where there's like a radio host talking and people are calling in and um one of the uh one of the skits is like um the guy calls in he's like android love is queer blah 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 because her whole thing is her whole theme is like androids and she relates that to like black people and and queer people um as people being outsiders basically
0: um Mm -hmm. she's speaking
1: from an outsider's perspective and um so that 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 little skit is really funny because the guy's like how would you know (laughs) um um, Mm -hmm. but also
0: i think i heard that one yeah but,
1: but also on that record um there the first song or the second song rather is a song with her and prince and at the end of that song um she goes into like this little rant or not rant but like this little thing and she's saying um you know this girl looked at her and she looked back and and the girl was like can you tell me where the party's at and she followed her through the lobby because she was looking the girl was looking at her for some undercover love she was looking for undercover lover the outsider brother to brother yeah catch that reference later hmm.
2: I,
0: I, I did i was like are you like rapping to me right now like this is <laughs> as fuck. you took everything we talked about and then tied it back into janelle Omae- Monet. that's, that's what I do. dope um
1: do. but um so she's actually pretty outspoken about it um Whenever she gets a chance to talk about oppressed people, she mentions queer people and her uh, love Mm -hmm. for queer people. And actually, when people often ask her about what she wants, I know that you mentioned not before, but we've talked about her and her saying that um, you know she loves all people. But um, there, there have been times. Most of the times, what she says is, "I love androids," and she says that, and she says that she says that because she doesn't want. To make people jealous, (laughs) and she wants Mm. to include Mm. all people, so um, I mean, summarize bring it home, bring it home. Okay, I guess I just want to say this Um, um, that anybody can be an ally, um, you just have to be in support of people, and you shouldn't question people about who they are, what they are, accept them. Um, Love them But in order to be an ally A true ally You must Be proactive And you must help You cannot be a silent ally Um, You must be a productive ally um, Because that's going to make Our lives easier Because it's going to take more than just us To win this battle Whatever battle this is um so that is all and the song that i want to play is together again by janet jackson or free zone by janet jackson either one is fine with me so go ahead and play that
0: <laughs> all right i will that, that was that was very nicely uh said i felt like i was at like a rally or something listening to like some I almost said extremist but like extremely uh prolific advocate that was cool All well, uh, let's get into the music so this is uh free zone by Janet Jackson next
2: time
0: close friend of mine and i think you're Thank amazing you.
1: i think you're amazing and
0: too. one of the reasons why i um i speak so highly of you all the time to everyone i know basically is because you are uh the first uh black queer male that i've ever met that i've made such a deep connection with and i can talk to you about things that i can't necessarily always talk to other people about because they don't identify with the same truth you know what i mean hmm and so i I just ever since like i met you and like we started to talk about ourselves and our journeys and things like that i always like cherish that because it's it's just important to be able to have people who can empathize with what you go through and empathize with who you are at the end Mm -hmm. you know i can talk to my best friend audrey but you know at the end of the day she's she's a woman a heterosexual woman and she lives a different truth so but you know it's just great to have people around like that so anyways uh i wanted to talk about uh dating queer dating culture on like sites or not sites but apps like tinder
1: um, things like that i
0: know it. Yeah, you Damn. have a lot more experience in that than I do. Not calling you a hoe or anything, but
1: you just no, 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 it's cool. I don't take offense to it. Um, <laughs> what do you want to do? Do you, you want to know anything specifically about it? Or um, you just want me to speak on it?
0: Yeah, you can just speak on it because I mean, we've already talked about it before. I pretty much know what goes down in the DMs. It's just that I, I think it's an important part of queer culture to talk about how. Um, we spoke a little bit about it earlier Come when over. we talked about that whole, uh, you know, the guy who put in his DM, uh, not his DM, but his uh, bio, you know, no films, this, that, and the <laughs> other. But it was, it was also something else that uh, happened through Tinder that made you want to like stop and like message the person like, really? Um, the whole swipe right thing, which is political. I don't know. Can you you know what?
1: So, so this, this is what I'm going to start this with, right? I'm going to read to you. Listeners, my Tinder bio. Yeah. Um, Your bio
0: is amazing.
1: (laughs) Now, um, I have used every, just or just about every dating app um, because it's hard being. Queer and dating as a millennial, it is hard, and I and I and I don't want to limit that to just queer dating, because Mm -hmm. uh, Kiki Palmer did an interview like two days ago recently with Wendy Williams. She was like, "It's just hard dating as a millennial. It's hard." Mm -hmm. Um, Kiki Palmer also recently came out as um, fluid. Um, Yeah. Well, she did. Well, Wendy Williams was like, "So." Are you fluid? Do you like men and women? And Kiki was like, I love I like who loves me. I'm not Wait. gonna limit myself. And I was like, okay, Same. there it is. So
0: that's so important.
1: This is my Tinder bio, okay? Um No reason to put anything worth noting here. You're not going to read it. Instead, you'll see a picture or two and decide if I meet your beauty standards. And if I don't, we won't communicate. If I do, we won't communicate how primal of you smiley face emoji
0: i love the how primal of you (laughs) i love that i i just love that so much i remember when you first told me that i'm like that's the most amazing thing i've ever (laughs) (laughs) heard yeah um so it's great so explain that and you know explain the people in who would uh what made you to do? Uh, what drove you to do that? I should say.
1: Okay, so here's the thing, right? I have a very good friend who's queer named mm-hmm. Nate. Um, oh, I Hi, love Nate. Nate so much. Such a such an amazing Hi, person. Hi, Nate, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> Nate is unlike any guy I've ever met. Um, you, you, you there. Uh, <laughs> There are different types of, of black folks and he's a mm-hmm. different type of black folk um, very reserved to himself and mm-hmm. um, when he got on the app he was just very confused at the way it uh, you know how it worked because you mm-hmm. know if you don't know how Tinder works you get on there you sign in with your Facebook account and you got a picture and you get originally you got two options you got x or heart right so no or yes and then you have like this option to go back but that's only if you pay money and now you have this other option these two more options to like join a club with them and super like right so when you super like somebody they see it automatically so it like gives you a nice little like you get some more points and not really i think most people just think it's kind of creepy and most people super like by mistake <laughs> um because it's implemented very poorly um but so basically it's just like or dislike and it's all based off of this one picture that you see you can click on their profile and you can look through their other pictures you know look at their little bio or whatever most people don't read it um but for the most part you just swipe and right or swipe and left and um, it's it's very it's very it's very much so based on like our primal instincts as humans to just look at something and to see if we want it. That's it. Mm. Is it attractive to me? Does it? Do my eyes like it? Right. Like mm-hmm. Am I aroused by it That's what it is And Nate Was like He told me He was like I swipe right on everybody I don't see a purpose In not swiping right Because how do I know If I actually like these people If if I'm just basing it off looks You know And, and, and I thought about him Like this is true Because Attraction is not just Based solely on looks I know that Sometimes we like to look, Think about it like it is But it's not You know mm. You can be somebody That's fine But that don't mean They're good people
0: Like Yeah well, my look at says Donald Trump shining and gold.
1: Right, look at uh, Donald Trump. Yeah,
0: it's plenty of sayings like that.
1: <laughs> you know, like Donald Trump got money, but
0: he ain't shit. Can't anyway, <laughs> in my DMs, Trump. so
1: um, so 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 that's where that came from. Basically, I I talked to him mm-hmm. and I was like, that inspired me, and I also just got really tired of not getting swiped right by people, <laughs> and I was like, fuck y'all. <laughs>
0: like i'm gonna stand up against this injustice right exactly
1: i'm cute cute. (laughs) so uh i I put that there and what's very interesting is that i actually um i I don't even really use tinder anymore like i use it every once in a while but i don't really Mm -hmm. i'm not really serious about it um Mm But I recently put because they have like this. They connect it to your Spotify. If you well, not really your Spotify. You don't have to have a Spotify. But um, they'll take whatever song you like on Spotify. You can tell them like what's your song, and if it's on Spotify, they'll like put it on there so people can like view it when um, they go on it. But I have a I have friends who are musicians whose music is on Spotify. So I'm like my best friend's song is my favorite song. Plugging her on Tinder, bam. Uh-huh.
0: What is what is that song? Because I, I feel like I've seen you promote it before
1: Right, okay, so that song is called Oh, you should play it in the show Yeah,
0: I will that, that's, that's what we're about, that inclusion Let me put right. these black artists out here on Yeah. Though.
1: Yeah, and yeah So the song is called Up um, by Quartz um, Yeah, it's, it's I spelled, listened to that Yes
0: I love it. Like, yes. tell her she's amazing. Actually, don't tell her she's amazing. Just tell her to listen to this podcast, <laughs> and then tell her at the end, I say she's amazing yeah, so she can hear it, me it, say Yeah, it's, it it's two
1: versions. There's, like, a remix and the original. I love both. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, God. Uh, but her name is spelled Q-U-Z dot. Her name is Quartz mm-hmm. dot. That's how it's pronounced, but it's just spelled Q-T-Z dot. Um, you can find her on just about anything. Um, and the song is called Up. Um, but um. So, yes. So, let me talk to you about this whole Tinder thing, um, and this whole dating thing on the interwebs in general with child people. Um. So I started off with g- jacked or grinder. I want to say jacked, um, which is not like Tinder. Um, jacked. You just. You get like Two mile distance Of people Or or a little more Maybe like Ten miles Of people right Mm -hmm. Or in your area And um You just click On them And it's a gay app So it's just all men You click on them right You see them You think they cute You click on it You message them They They want to reply They reply If they don't They don't You know You get Mm -hmm. dick pics Occasionally You get niggas saying Come come (laughs) over here And and, and do this You know Like you, you get stuff Like that Um
0: it's a little Yeah, I remember somebody saying it's the fuck app, so...
1: This is true. It gets a little rough. Um is <laughs> basically the same thing. Um, the difference between Jacked and Grindr is just... They're made by different developers, and Jacked
0: seems... I feel like you find more curious dads on Grindr than anything. This is true. More,
1: Grindr is, is a know. bit... It, it, um, That's a fetish old-
0: for some people. So
1: it is. Um, I think older. It's more of a white guy thing, honestly. <laughs> Jacked is more black, honestly. In inner cities, you'll see you will meet more guys on Jack than Grinder, um, in my experience. Um, and then Tinder is kind of like a middle ground for most people, but Tinder is mainly used by uh, students. I would I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tinder is cool. Um, Tinder is the most accessible for people. I think Tinder is uh, is really cool in the regard in in the like in the regard where like if you're interested in both men and women, you can find you can use Tinder and you'll be able to find a man or a woman. Um, so I think that's cool. Um, whether or not you will get swiped is a completely different thing because you got to get <laughs> swiped on to communicate with anybody. Over here. So this is the problem <laughs> with, with with Tinder. But. um <laughs> I think oftentimes people don't actually communicate on tinder like unless they're really interested they're not communicating with you
2: mm-hmm.
1: i mean you you can communicate first and then they'll probably communicate with you but yeah um i've met people on tinder off tinder and object um not grinder because i didn't really like grinder um But I've met people off of here. Um, It's not creepy. I've never, I've never been catfished. I have never been catfished, Mm -hmm. right? Personally, but you know, I'm pretty sure somebody has. um, I'm pretty sure a friend of mine has. I just don't know at the moment. But I've never been catfished. Um, Maybe I've been a catfish. Ooh, I'm joking. I was about to say that. Ooh, joking. But uh, I've never been catfished. But I've, I've met people. They're pretty cool. Um, Sometimes, sometimes they aren't. Um yes, yeah, you know, I I think I ran into somebody on Tinder who was using Tinder as an experiment. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. I got to share some stories. Um I met up with somebody off Tinder, went on a date, and they were straight.
2: Hmm.
1: Like completely straight. Like I don't think they were gay at all. Um his name was actually Justin. <laughs> um um and he was straight. I'm, I'm fairly certain that he did not like men. Um, he told me he just wanted a friend, and that's why he was on there. Now the problem oh, <laughs> here, but the problem here is that Justin uh-huh. claimed he didn't like men, but on Tinder you have to swipe. Mm. So what you swiping for, bro?
0: Well, like if you swipe left, does that mean like? I don't want to be your friend or I don't want to even talk to you. But
1: but but I guess the thing is, is that Tinder is built off of you know, attraction. So what what are you what are you swiping not to say that Straight men can't think that other men are attractive,
0: but <laughs> you said, "What is you swiping? What is you swiping, fam?" I what can't. Is you swiping, so like, bro?
1: Like I don't.
0: I'm, I'm guessing it's like I'll swipe right because I'm interested in talking to you. I like cause, but... because you did say he was like interested in doing like a an experiment on Tinder, so maybe it was like I'm.
1: No, no, it wasn't like an experiment. Swipe. It wasn't experimental like sexually. He just wanted a friend. He uh, was looking for friends. He was looking for male friends. It was an interesting situation. <clears throat> it was interesting. I will say that. Um, I was at his house, on his bed, watching Shameless, and I was, I was trying to flirt. And he was, and I was like, you know, do your folks know that you like men? Are you that you're gay? He was like, why do you think I'm gay? Cause I met you on Tinder. I met your house. <laughs> what you talking about? <laughs> But okay. Um, but I actually believe he was straight. I just think that um he just wasn't on the right app for friends. Um mm-hmm. so that kinda sucks. Um haven't talked to him since then. Um might hit him up just to see how his life is going. He had really nice hair. Um then there was another guy, he was a white guy. He was really experimenting on Tinder. Um he wanted to meet all of his Tinder matches in Detroit and take pictures of them and write about their their life or something like that it was very interesting i didn't that do it. Is what
0: very interesting yeah i seek because i know it's a lot of people out there who like hear that at first and they're like okay that's really fucking weird but no, that's
1: really dope I yeah think- if
0: the because you know the only reason i think that's really weird because i'm like okay uh you meet me through Tinder You want me to come to you And take pictures of me A lot of people hear that Right off the bat Because it's a like, lot of uh, Crazy ass folks
1: Right yeah, yeah Legit
0: But Right off the bat I feel like that's an amazing Because You know what We live in a day and age Where we don't really Stop and reflect On how Our own technology That we are making Advancements in Affect us The last thing I've seen That Documented that Was uh, Black Mirror But that wasn't the far off future And we have to take into consideration that even within, you know, this is for everybody, black queer people as well, with apps like Jack Grinder and Tinder and things like that. We are in a place of, uh, of, uh, I can't think of the word. New, we're just in new heights of technology and how it's advanced and what we can do and how we can communicate. But when do we look to reflect and see how that brings us together and how it actually spaces us apart and things like that and this for him is to true. document the people that he meets through Tinder, I think that's that's really dope actually.
1: Yeah, it was really dope and I'm like I would love to do that. I didn't I did yeah. not cuz
0: you know like you know like uh Humans of New York. Um, no. No, you never it's a blog. It's like it's a Tumblr blog and they basically he they basically like take different pictures of they meet people randomly on the street, take a picture of them and then they ask them to tell them a story about themselves. And so I was thinking about that. We as, should do uh, that. You said that. Yeah, I mean, on Tinder. <laughs> yeah, I uh, once upon a time, back when me, Alyssa, and Audrey—all names that you guys will hear in the coming month—and um, hear from in the coming month—we were out at this art event uh, last summer, and um, we. <laughs> Spontaneously had the idea. You're we like, we want to create a black fashion blog slash uh, culture blog, and it's kind of like a black version of Humans of New York. You just find random black people and be like, hey, can I just document how you looking? Can I get you know a piece of your time to talk about you know who you are or just a story about yourself? And uh, it's a part of that that ongoing narrative. Um, I'm not sure if it was clear when I say like the ongoing narrative of black people, but it's, it's everything we do here, you know, in between like me talking to you and you talking about Tinder and, you know, even going further and documenting and, you know, when we get our blog started and things like that. But, uh, yeah, that's a really dope project to just meet people from I TV. did
1: not meet them because my life got really complicated, um, <laughs> in January, so I did not you. meet him, but I would have loved to meet him, um... You, let, me, let me think. I feel like there I feel like there's something else from my from my Tinder inject life. Um, I've met some very interesting people on these apps.
0: Um, well, you know what I do want to ask you is um, to like sex slightly segue into it. How do you think like things like Tinder has molded you as a black queer person?
1: Oh God. Um. Wait. Before I get into that, we mentioned. You mentioned about technology and how it affects us. Mm-hmm. I had this in- interesting conversation on Tinder, of all places, yesterday about Google and if Google makes us dumb. And I thought that was very interesting because that was not what I was expecting to converse about
2: mm-hmm.
1: on Tinder. Thought that was very interesting. Thought that was super dope. Um, that that be the conversation that. It's we a valid chose to question have.
0: though because right. we Google very basic things that if we just had the brain power to just sit and think a little bit deeper about like i think yeah my mom the other day she was like you should uh i was like do sharks lay eggs or do they just like give birth and she's like no they give birth like birth and i'm like no but i just watched a video where somebody cut open like this egg and a shark came out and she's like oh well, i don't know <laughs> I don't <have> right. <laughs> you know? Right. and so we rely on google to know these things
1: you know and it's like whether or not we're wrong sometimes we just need to imagine and Mm -hmm. then you know maybe after we imagine we can look it up and see if our hypothesis was correct or not that's you know Mm -hmm. but that was very interesting a very interesting conversation um and i remember one time one of the this one guy's bio was if you had a biography what would be the name of your biography and why so that's that was our first conversation, and I just I just think like it's so many I don't know like being so I guess the way that this has molded me, this is gonna segue into that. The way this has molded me, as a queer black guy, is that it helps me meet people that I would would have never met, and it helps it definitely helps me realize who I don't want. <laughs> um, I can't date a mortuary scientist. That's number one. Met one on Tinder. Okay. He was cool, but I can't. I can't get I can't wrap my head around why you why you why you like dead people so much.
0: That valid. anyway. It's a valid thing.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It that just anyway. Um but also like I think that it's become a part of not who I am, but the way that I, I socialize, um, in a sense, because mm-hmm. I'm a millennial and we grew up using the internet. Yeah. Um, but it's like now when I'm bored, <laughs> I reach for my phone and I'm like, I'm going to get on Tinder. I'm going to get on Jacked, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to do that. Cause I know somebody on there is bored and I'm bored. So why not talk to these people, you know, you know, um, and it's mm-hmm. it's funny like when people are, are sending me nudes and stuff and they're like you gonna send one back and I'm like nah you good um, so I, I think that is I think it's fun it's fun um, and I think that at this point I don't believe that I will find somebody on there right so, right mm-hmm. so 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 let's so let's just get that out of the way here I don't think that I'll find somebody on Tinder or Jack but. I'm you open to know. the idea, right? I never know. Yeah. So I'm open to the idea, right? But, you know, um, it's fun for now. Um, mm-hmm. And at some point, I'll stop using it. Um, but honestly, I feel like I see the future, me being like 40, 50, or people being 40, 50, 60, using Jack Tinder or using apps like it. Um, you, know, you know, old queer folks meet. Dot com mm-hmm. um, Like I feel like that's Going to be an app when we're In our mm-hmm. 60s um, And I feel like that's okay I'm fine with it I feel like I don't think technology Is, is, is making us Antisocial I think that it's making Us more social just in a different way um, Because mm-hmm. it's connecting us To people it's making the world smaller
0: mm-hmm. Yes that's interesting. That's a, that's a really, really, really interesting perspective on that. I, I haven't heard, literally, I've never heard anyone else say that before. I really like that. Um, well, I, to be honest, I really feel like this is a good place to end. <laughs> oh, like, cool. I know I, I wanted to, like, go into other stuff, but, like, now that I, like, think about everything we talked about today, I'm, like, really excited with where we are I, i've never like imagined myself creating the first podcast episode and making it about black queerness and media um i always thought it would be something different and it was almost something different <laughs> but uh we decided to just take february by storm right so, uh, this is this yeah. is
1: definitely by so storm. this is
0: this is like the first uh step to our three-month um three month uh not three month uh this black history month process we got two more episodes coming out afrofuturism and we have a black legends mix with the lovely audrey meadows and i'll be sitting down next time with my dear friend and uh co-host Alyssa osisari um Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Where can we find you? Where can we find you? I know where to find you, but where can everyone else find you?
1: (laughs) Um, At you. You can find me in the trap. It's going down um, uh, on the corner. Are you ever at the mall? Um, You know, (laughs) only when I'm um, trapping. No, um, you can find (laughs) me on um, Instagram Mm -hmm. at... Eat Novi E-A-T-N-O-V-I.
0: I'm so glad you say that because when I saw your Instagram name for the first time ever, I was like, this is basically Eat Novi. But it's like your name just in a different order. But I was like, yes. this is Eat Novi.
1: Yes, so um you can find me there at Eat Novi uh, E-A-T-N-O-V-I, E-A-T-N-O-V-I. Um, you can find me yeah that's it you can yeah I'm on Instagram Um, I mean if you if you if you're on Facebook you can look me up there you know not just Instagram that's where I'm at I don't use I don't use Twitter Instagram and if you match with me on Tinder hit me up you know we can talk
0: (laughs) you know so he's a very well by now if you're listening I'm pretty sure you know how awesome he is and we didn't even get to talk about everything and how amazing he actually is, then this is why you will be back. Um, please, even though you already know this, you are definitely considered a valued and amazing member of Blacks of Blues. Basically helped me mold the final form to all this and trust me, it's gone through its process, but uh, gosh, I'm so, so super thankful that you came through because i feel like everything that we spoke on today needed to be spoken on i haven't really heard it before anywhere else in such a in such copious amounts like we talked for a while so and i'm not mad at how long we talked this all needed to be said so shout outs to everybody who listened to the whole thing through that was dope um so yeah any last messages before we get out of here
1: um one love free love <laughs> that is all
0: very original i love it um oh well, yeah so as always i am justin jones you're one of your hosts of blacks with blues like i said next time on this podcast we will have my official co-host Alyssa osasari and we will be speaking on afrofuturism so look out for that And as always, this is Blacks with Blues, giving you Black content, no matter what creed, kind, or culture. And uh, this, I haven't said this this year, but this is a dope thing to say. At the end of every episode, I play one last song, (laughs) and it pretty much describes the whole episode. And so, this is what it sounds like to be Black with the Blues.